This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 75 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. And also, Easy Signs Online, the number one farm sign company in the U.S. Order online at easysignsonline.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Helena B. And I'm Samantha Clark. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, hello, Samantha. How nice to have you on Stable Scoop today. Thank you very much. Hello, Helena. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm a little sad that we don't have Glenn with us today. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it. But um, it's nice that you and I get to get to play a little bit again. It is nice. I, I'm always looking forward to those calls when I'm asked to step into the Stable Scoop shows because I know you always have fun guests and we get to talk about things that I'd never usually know anything about. And um, it's fun, yes. And we have another. We have a good show today as well. Yes, we have a, a, a big, big-name guest on. In fact, we're going to be talking to Lynn Palm today, who is a legend in the horse world. And uh, she's one of my favorite horsewomen of all time. Uh, but Samantha, for those people who don't know about Lynn, why don't you tell them a little bit about her? One of the most respected horsewomen in the world, Lynn Salvatore Palm of Palm Partnership Training is a pioneer among women in the horse industry. For more than 30 years, Lynn Palm has championed the partnership of horse and rider, bringing her unique perspective to hundreds of thousands of horse enthusiasts around the world. In fact, Lynn is one of the few clinicians available today who has a proven competition record. Her list of accomplishments include being named the 2007 AQHA Horsewoman of the Year and the AQHA Female Equestrian of the Year by the Women's Athletic Association, a record four AQHA Superhorse wins, over 34 World and Reserve World Champions. She's chosen to perform exhibitions during the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games with the Quarter Horse Ambassador, Rogged Lark, and she was chosen as the 2003 Equine Affair Exceptional Equestrian Educator Award winner. We were also lucky enough to see Lynn um, during the Succeed fundraiser down in Florida at the USET Fundraiser Gala. Yes, uh, Glenn eagerly called me up after he had a nice chat with Lynn and said, na 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 it's who I got to talk to. <laughs> well, now you get to do it back to him. I know. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. Lynn is also a regular commentator on RFD TV and Horse TV. She contributes regularly to many equine publications like Horse and Rider, Dressage Today, Western Horseman, Horse Illustrated, The Paint Horse Journal, and American Quarter Horse Journal. So let's get Lynn on the line. Well, welcome, Lynn Palm. We are so happy to have the chance to talk to you today. Um, I know that not everyone knows who you are, um, 
at least not like I do. But if you had to describe yourself or, or your career to somebody who's new to horses, what would you tell them about yourself? Oh, gosh, that's a, a good question. I think that um, I'd have to tell uh, someone that I uh, feel very blessed to have horses as part of my life, and they have allowed me to uh, make a living. Um, and um, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the horse because of that. Um, and my passion that I have for horses um, this year, 2010, is my 40th year as a professional trainer, riding instructor, and clinician, and competitor. Basically, I just say that um, if you're not involved with horses, you better, because it's really something <laughs> special. <laughs> you know, something that's, that really sticks out to me is 40 years. I, I know a few trainers, more than a few trainers, who they seem to lose something after, like they, they burn out after a period of time. What do you think keeps your vitality and, and keeps your enthusiasm for what you do after such a long period of time? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think that, I think really it comes to the the bottom line. It just boils down to that I love the horse. Um, horses are are so inspirational for me um, mentally, emotionally. Um, uh, they keep me um, uh, excited. And then of course there's days where they make you frustrated too because they're trying to tell you something you haven't figured out yet. Um, so it's not always something that's perfect and positive every day, like life is, isn't itself as well. But um, I think that the clients that I have built through my years, the best, my best clients are always clients that, um, number one, they loved horses too. Number two, they always trusted that I, they would be well taken care of with me. And number three, and having a good relationship with your client and the horse itself is, is always trying to uh, be realistic and, uh, and open-minded and, and being honest. And every day isn't a good day. Every day can be great. Um, you know, you're always projecting things that you think that a horse can do as a trainer to a client and what you think yourself if it's your own horse. And, and to be realistic and, and change in the uh, midst of things is, is a lot of times happens, and it's okay. And if there's problems that arise, it's usually the horse trying to tell you that you got to be better at what you're doing with them or go a different direction to bring out the best in him. Hmm. And that, you know, horses are, are never boring for me in that regard because they can't talk to you. <laughs> so when they can't verbally talk like we are, it's, it's a whole other language, and it's, it's one that, for me, is never boring. Hmm. Lynn, I saw you down in um, Florida when we did the USCT uh, Succeed Gala fundraiser. And yeah, you did that what great, a beautiful event, huh? And yes, and you were you opened the event on rugged painted lark. Rugged painted lark, and um, that was the first time I'd seen you. And I just thought, that, gosh, what pure genius! There is obviously, it's every little girl's dream, and you're doing it. You're making a living out of it and doing it. And it also, you looked so taken up in it. Him and you together were in your uh-huh. own little world, doing your own little thing. And yep. how? Do you have, I was looking at your website earlier and you've obviously diversified this and made a whole career out of it. What else do you have, what other goals do you have left in business? Well, um, right now that's kind of hard to say because I'm at another crossroads in my business right now. Um, For, since 1997, um, I really, uh, my main objective in my business was um, training horses and competing. And I did 
a wonderful 10 years with a special quarter horse who's the sire of Rugged Painted Lark. His name was Rugged Lark. And he had to retire because he won so much as a young horse. Um, uh, the owner and I put together musical and then bridalist exhibitions, similar like we did with Rugged Painted Lark in West Palm Beach, um, at the, um, the fundraiser for the World Equestrian Game Riders and teams. Yeah. At that point, I kind of was, I've always had a secondary part of my business, which my dad taught me. He says, you know, if something ever happens to you as a rider, you better have something back up uh, to make <laughs> you a living. You always count on dad so, for that solid advice. <laughs> I know. Those dads are something special, aren't they? And I said, okay, well, then I, I know what that is. It's teaching. I like to teach. And the uh, mentor that I learned from um, always spent the time to uh, teach me in my lessons and training um, why I was doing something and what the what the results were to be and what they were going to be and what results we did get and what results we didn't get and why. So those were really, she was really giving me the foundation of being able to teach. So then in 97, I turned the primary part of our business over to education and secondary to training and competing. And um, that's been a huge goal and a really fun one because it's, it's taken us on into product development with a, a lot of training DVDs for those that can't come ride with us. And, and we have a lot of programs. Actually, I've had, you know, teaching programs um, all along my career, but really focuses on many different kinds of subjects for all riders, recreational riders, show ring riders, for any breed of horse or any level of rider. And why right now I'm at another crossroads is because I'm finding myself wanting to go back and compete more <laughs> and um, because I, I love competition. And I've been a real um, advocator to get, and I've specialized with the quarter horse as a young person because I, I liked the versatility of the breed, but my training as a young rider was dressage training. So what I was learning there, I was incorporating that training into an all-around horse that did Western disciplines, English hunter disciplines. After a long 13 years of working with the AQHA and the convention, and um, I finally was one of the main people to stick with it and 2010, they have accepted and adopted um, dressage as a recognized discipline. Well, we just had our two first weekends of horse shows where they had approved uh, classes, or not classes, but there was in the USDF, USEF approved shows where a quarter horse, according to his score percentages, can get AQHA points. Oh, And yeah, we've had two weekends. One was in Newberry, uh, weekend before last, and Ocala at the horse park this past weekend that they also had the AQHA approval. And we took um, three horses the first, well, both shows. And of the three horses, um, they did fabulous. We got great scores up in Gainesville or Newberry. And then the two weekends, we got over 30 AQHA points. Um, We got three qualifying scores for USDF regional finals. And um, we got three grand championships and two reserve championships in the two levels that we competed at. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, the quarter horses did well, and I've been showing in dressage the last three years and absolutely having a ball with it again. So um, I kind of am really leaning toward doing more of that and trying to help grow that part of the discipline and, of course, with the quarter horse, which is our 
quote unquote American warm blood, um, <laughs> and and he's and he, the horse has so many values for the discipline, especially for the new rider, the beginning rider for the discipline, the amateur rider, us baby boomer era. That <laughs> hey, we want to be on a, a horse that's easy to ride, that's yep. got a consistent mind, yep. smooth gates, and I can go participate and do this <laughs> dressage thing. Well, so the quarter horse is a great horse for that. And um, so I'm having fun doing that. So I, that's, that's, a, that's a real strong goal. And then, of course, always with our education, I'm, I'm um, doing more and more with TV, which I really enjoy. And we're working with um, uh, two different T. There'll be three different TV networks and a couple, of course, which is the next oncoming thing on the Internet is the TV on the Internet. So um, I'm really enjoying that. And that's very time-consuming. But that leads into... Um, still with our education and new products and so forth. So um, it all kind of works together. But um, those are, those are some, some real direct goals that I have coming up the next year, too. You know, I see a pattern here as you're talking about this all. And, and the pattern I see in your career is, is trailblazing. It's almost as if, you know, you're, you're right there in the, on the leading edge of what's happening and, and laying new ground. Um, yep. I forgot something else that's so exciting is that we have a simulated trail course, a trail riding course, a training playground, we call it, simulated right here on our farm in a two and a half acre pasture. We've got hills, we've got banks, we've got ponds, we've got bridges. One of our bridges is 16 foot high. Wow. That you can ride under and over top of and all kinds of log figurations and different type of terrain. And we have a ball with that. And I learned about this. It's a rage in the Northwest, in the Washington, Oregon, um, Idaho area. And they, they have competitions with them and they call them competitive trail challenges or extreme trail challenges are called actually. It sounds like the, uh, the extreme cowboy race that we talked about last weekend. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's a little bit kind of similar, and how I say a little bit, it's obstacles, yes. It's different terrain, but it can be either way. It can be for the true recreational rider that wants to build confidence, wants to build know-how, and wants to improve the training of their horse where they're the recreational rider, and that's their main focus of riding on outside, and or it can be for someone that really wants to do it with speed. Of course, speed makes any obstacle more degree of difficulty. <laughs> Just going under that bridge is enough degree of difficulty for me. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a ball with that. We're just starting off, and people are now asking us, would you please have competitions at your place? So we're thinking about possibly doing that in the future, too. Equestrian Collections has a new coupon code for the listeners to the Horse Radio Network. You can get $10 off your next order of $120 or more at equestriancollections.com. When you're checking out, just use the coupon code HORSERADIO, all one word, HORSERADIO, and that $10 discount will appear on your checkout. Also, don't forget, they have a new line of Wrangler. They're carrying a bunch of different Wrangler products. Over there, some jeans and, and tack and things like that from Wrangler, all the great Wrangler products that you've come to know and love. You can now buy at equestriancollections.com. 
And one other thing, don't forget to check out their closeout section. Their sale and closeout section is packed with stuff right now. It's that beginning of the year thing where everybody's trying to clean out the warehouse a little bit. You want to check out Equestrian Collections and see the discounts you can get up to 70% on the closeout merchandise there at EquestrianCollections.com. We thank them for continuing to be one of our best sponsors. Now, how does this tie in, or does it, with your Women Love Horses program? Well, that's a totally different thing. The Women Love Horses program is really... um kind of been something, a dream come true for me that I've done three of them and we're planning to do the fourth one in 2011. We're, we're reorganizing a little bit our thoughts and what we're doing, but um, you know, the 80% or more of the horse industry is women. And, you know, being a woman myself, I understand all those reasons why that we have such a powerful relationship with horses. And what I wanted to do with the Women Love Horses, which we have done successfully, is put together a multiple of disciplines with professional women in the industry from any type of training, like cutting, reining cow horse, trail, over fences, all around. You know, we've put, I put together four or five different professional top women in the industry, dressage, of course, too, um, and they put on clinics and seminars on you know, how to, and then really special seminars um, and lectures on what women need to know in the industry. We all are conscientious of our health. We have to be outdoors all the time. We need to know what we need to do to to have healthy skin, to, to be physically fit, um, how to get the kids off to college that want to do horses, what kind of classes to take, how to deal with your family when they say you love your horses more than us. Um, all <laughs> never, these kind of that, women that. issues <laughs> that we have to deal with. And, and then also some really unique things, fundraising. We all love to give back. And, and we have an evening of uh, a silent auction where we do fundraisers for therapeutic riding. We've done um, the um, Think for Pink with Wrangler, the America's Horse Cares. It's for the hippotherapeutic riding. Centers. There's a great center here in Ocalica, Horses and Heroes. A dynamic lady has started a program for kids to ride. Can't families can't afford it, um, and you know then have all kinds of horse entertainment with ladies that evening. So that's a real special evening, and we have a full dinner and and really a nice evening. Actually, the uh, fundraiser you went to, the Succeed did. That was the same concept. They took that Saturday evening that I've done and did the same thing with their fundraisers, with the dinner, the entertainment the silent auction, the live auction. So we were really proud of that. Yeah. And because Succeed was a big supporter of, of our event, too, which we're real proud of. And um, then the other was, um, oh, fashion show. We, we all love fashion. Oh, of course. So we have, we have a full-fledged <laughs> fashion show, some great clothing companies in the industry from casual Wrangler to uh, some of the top uh, custom design Western show clothes lines and uh, carrots, which is another great line. I wear them every day. I mean, I like to ride English and Western and for them for everyday riding. And Yeah, I'm a big fan of carrots, too. They're geniuses over there. What I see in my mind is this community, like you said, of, of these women in a certain age group or, or mindset 
that. And all of these things that you're doing, Lynn, are sort of uniting them. It's, mm-hmm. you know, they're common interests. It's not, it's, it's lifestyle. It's, it's working with, it's training, it's riding, it's shopping, um, it's, uh, giving back. shopping, but it is shopping too. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yep. it, it's, it's all of the things that are important to women in our age group, for lack of a better phrase. But it's, mm-hmm. I, it's a, it feels like a unifying effort, but that yep. you're sort of leading the way there. Do you, do you feel that? Well, I do. Um, uh, it's, it's, I think it's a unique concept. I've really gotten a lot of good support on it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's more, I guess, just to, I feel like I'm as much a part of it as, as I want everybody else to be. So it's mm. kind of like I'm doing something that I feel good about and just something that, um, I don't know, how can I say it? I mean, men even enjoy coming because it, they enjoy, um, pleasing the women or, you know, the other way to please the women. Right. Happy wife, <laughs> happy life. To. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's just, a you know, it's, it's putting, putting a, a group of people together where everybody goes away feeling good. That's what it's all about. I can't stop thinking about you when you were on your horse, um, at the, at the gala and you were in this little, you were so focused, focused on each other. You had such a good relationship and you were both very in sync. Um, and it was hard to, f- to for, it was hard to remember that you didn't even have a bridle on and that you, you did some little jumps, you did some dressage movements. Tell us a little bit about um, him and how you started and, and your relationship with him and how that all came about, please. Uh, well, a rugged painted lark was, I bought him as a yearling and I bought him because of the rugged lark breeding, his sire. And he was the only, at the time, a Tobiano colored horse. Well, I actually ended up buying the whole family that was colored. Because <laughs> there was only one mare. It's a Palomino white mare. It sounds like you don't do, out of the whole line. It sounds like you don't do anything by halves, Lynn. <laughs> so anyway, basically the bridalist riding started when I was a young rider. And back to my mentor, her name was Bobby Steele, um, she always in, intrigued me about bridless riding because I had to learn to ride without my reins. Of course, like uh, the traditional dressage, rider learns on the lunge line. You're doing rider exercises without reins, without stirrups uh, to improve your balance. Then I had to move, um, you know, to a small paddock area. And, and she always told me that if I could do walk, trot, canter and showed her that I can control my horse, fairly well through my seat and my legs. Um, of course, seat with your transitions and the leg aids to control direction that she would show me how I could ride my horse without the bridle. Mm-hmm. Well, that always encouraged me and intrigued me. So, of course, I would practice hourly to do so, <laughs> be able to do as good as she wanted me to do. And believe me, she was not easy. I mean, she was, she was very... Um, she was a great instructor, but she was a perfectionist, and I had to do it very well. So when I finally did, um, she she showed me how I could start using a neck rope and, and using that to um, guide my horse easily with, like the reins would do, you know, just to help guide the, front, the forehand of the horse to steer or to slow down or to back up. So once the horse starts doing that, then, and, of course, you ride bridleless with a horse, and ask me to do things that they do very well. You don't ride bridleless with a green horse or a horse that's partially educated or uneducated. And from that, um, riding bridleless, I moved on to that. And then uh, when I was a wild and crazy young teenager, um, my parents took my college money because I knew I wanted to be a horse trainer. And, of course, there was no colleges for 
equine studies in 1970 when I graduated, but there was a riding program at a, a private school here in Ocala, Florida. And it was called Golden Hills Academy. Well, they sent me my senior high school there, and I did. I was a good student. I only needed two credits to graduate, so I got to take my horse, and I rode all day except for two hours. Wow. Well, I, there I was started to really perfect my bridalist riding with my my one of my first horses. Her name was Mocha Dell, and the riding instructor at the school. Um, went north every year um, in the summertime between school uh, uh, classes, and um, he would go up to a tourist attraction in northern uh, New York, and he and his wife had some little dog acts at this tourist attraction and some roping and trick roping and different things. Well, anyway, we got courageous, and we started jumping my horse without the bridle. That went really well. Well, then we said, well, let's do something really unique, and let's jump fire. So with my instructor, of course, not just me, but with my instructor and guidance, we did that gradually, got the horse used to it and got jumping fire. And I got a job. My first job, the summer job, was at this tourist attraction. They put on a wild, it was called Frontier Town. It was a Western simulated tourist place to go to. And my first job was uh, was in, well, I had an act in the um, Wild West show. It was between when they showed what a rodeo was all about, which was the Wild West show. You know, they they would buck one bareback horse and a saddle bronc and a bull and other acts. Well, anyway, we built my jumping over fire without a bridle. We did. We made a hoop of fire, and then we made it as the summer went on. We made it a rotating hoop. So actually, I had to have the right timing to jump wow. in between this hoop, which was all you know. It was like a I was jumping in the center of a hole, and you know the whole thing was on fire. And then I and then we got it doing rotating. Well, anyway, that was my first job without a bridle <laughs> with my horse. Yeah. So you had plenty of experience before you ever got to uh, to that succeed event. But so, you, absolutely, you were yes. On. And then ten years with Rugged Lark and other horses, and yeah, yes, I've had experience with it. But you know, the best part about the riding without bridleless is number one, as a kid, it taught me how to ride from my waist down and yeah. ride with my my balance through my seat and ride with my main aids of being the seat and the legs and my passive aids with my hands. And um, and bridleless riding is fabulous for that for any rider. And, you know, the best part about it is that when you get riding bridleless with a horse, and if it's been a horse that's had some rough years and, um, you know, not so good of riders and life and big bits and, you know, mm. been ridden off the mouth, partially, you know, they just absolutely trust you and they, they turn around too riding bridleless. But the horses, if it's that or even one that hasn't had poor training, they actually start doing better bridleless than with a bridle. Now that's telling you something. Mm. Yeah, because it's it's so it's so easy for them, you know, and and they don't, you know, we as riders, our hands always want to interfere or be stronger because that's our natural instinct. So um, anyway, when you go bridleless, the, the horse really tells you that you really have to depend so little on your reins. Yeah, did uh-huh. you did you find um, similarities between rugged painted lark and, and rugged lark? I mean, you spent a lot of time with rugged lark and developed a very strong relationship how is your relationship with rugged painted lark compared to that is it different the same it's 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 different because every horse is different i've never seen two horses that are exactly the same and that's like people but there's a lot of similarities the similarities that he's 
He's happy in his work. He's very docile. That goes along with the 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 the, the uh, breed characteristics of the quarter horse type horses. Right. That's his that's his breeding is quarter horse, yeah. and. Um, um, being laid back and happy at work, those are the easiest to train, period. And that's very similar to Rugged Lark and very easy with the bridalist work. So I think uh, to answer your question, the, the attitude, and that, that's probably the thing that the Rugged Lark stamped the most on horses, is he had an exquisite trainable mind. He loved people. He loved life. Hmm. Rugged Painted Lark is a lot like that. And you probably saw that that evening when I performed with him, that he seemed to be very, very happy in his work and willing. And, you know, that's, that's, that's my goal as a trainer, you know, because then I feel I've done the correct job with the horse to educate him. And um, I think those are the similarities that I find. And I, I think you, you being um, up there has a lot to do with it, too, it, you being the common thread between those two. <laughs> You know, I like when I ride. I, I'm always so worried that I'm pissing my horse off. Am I asking in the right language? And I, you know, and and you know, someone else can get on and oh, he just moves so beautifully. And it's like that's the holy grail of every rider is is to get out of their horse what you got out of yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have to have some rough, you know, good raw material to start with, like you said. But I, I mean, it's just to me, it seems so such a far off goal some days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that the main the main thing is what where I feel very very fortunate is I um, started in the dressage saddle and I rode and still ride in the dressage saddle and that training and if you took from USDF the training scales of the, their book meaning from intro which is all walk and trot work to training level and on up the ladder each level and each test. There's a beautiful progression of training a horse and or a rider because each little step is more and more difficult. So if you get to a difficult spot, you go back to simpler things and make them better to, to accomplish anything that you want to do more advanced. And there's really three main subjects that we base our teaching for people, just like what you said that sounded a little bit, you know, you'd like to do it better and you, you don't want to mess your horse up and you seem to get somewhat frustrated and you want to do well. There's really three main subjects that, that I focus on or we teach on, and that is, number one, absolutely always respecting a correct rider's position because that equals balance. If you're balanced in the horse, no matter what you're doing, you're not interfering with them. If you're balanced going up and down a hill, if you're balanced jumping, if you're balanced running a barrel, if you're balanced and centered on your horse, whatever you're doing, number one, that's going to have him have it do more correctly because you're not interfering with him mm. correctly or willingly. Number two, there's three parts of our bodies to communicate with the horse. Seat, legs, hands. Okay? So to understand how to use those aids and what parts of the horse they control, that's the easy part. The seat controls speed, increasing, decreasing speed. Your leg aids control from the wither to the dock of the horse. Your rein aids control from the wither to the pole. And in that sequence, you have to have speed before you do anything. If you control with your leg aids two-thirds of the horse first, then your reins, you're going to be riding your horse back to front. Mm. And then the third main subject is putting the horse in balance. That's the part that takes the longest to, to learn and understand, but not really. It's, it, it means controlling your horse's body position through your aids. 
So if you want to run, I'm just going to use an example, and you want to get to a point A to point B fast, and your horse is not straight from his pole to his dock, his body alignment, you aren't going to get there as fast as somebody that can have a horse that's running perfectly straight. Then that horse is going to run faster. Or if you want to do a balanced transition to the canner and control a slow speed, comfortable speed at the canner on a curving line, your horse has to have his body position on an arc or a bend for him to do it balanced. You do that through your aids, either position, straight while going straight, or your horse being straight while bending. But if you put your horse's body position in a position so he can do it balanced, there you got what you saw in West Palm Beach between Rugged Painted Lark and myself, horse and rider working together in balance in a perfect harmony. It, then you're going to get yeah. a good performance. I don't care what you're doing. It was a good performance, and it was, it was perfect harmony. And um, I know also I co-host a 2010 radio show with Glenn the Geek, and I know that you'll be appearing there in the International Equine Village every mm-hmm. day will you be doing yep. um what you did at the gala or will you be um doing clinics or what will you be doing there Lynn? okay a little of both i have Great. eight days that they want me to do twice a day um the performance that i did in west palm beach with rugged painted luck i am planning on adding some new movements some dress up. um <laughs> i am planning to my goal is to get the one tempi lead changes in the western saddle wow. which i think will be dynamic <laughs> Um, so that's my, that's my major goal that I'm working daily on. And, um, just perfect a couple other things. I might have, uh, since I'm doing two routines in the day, I'll probably change up the routine so it's not the same thing. And then, um, I'm also going to be doing, um, a short question and answer or demonstration type thing. I'm not sure how many days I'm doing. They haven't given us our schedule yet. But my first invitation to get in the door was being accepted. I gave my application May of 2008 <laughs> for the Equestrian Games is coming up in, in September, September, October this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So I was thrilled to get invited. I, I can't believe you had to send in an application. <laughs> oh, yeah, application. I had to send in my, my performance on video. Um, oh, yes. We, they, we went through a, a huge process to get invited to come. Yeah. Well, it'll be so worth I'm, it. I'm t- delighted. I'm so excited. Yeah, that makes it. Sam, we're going. <laughs> good. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely we'll be, we're going. I'll be there in the Nina. front row with streamers and stuff. <laughs> All right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lynn, this has been wonderful. And I think, you know, our, our listeners can now, after hearing you explain, especially talking about balance and, and, and helping your horse achieve his potential. I think our listeners can now understand why you are one of the leaders in the horse industry. Um, there's a passion, there's a sincerity, mm-hmm. and there's a clarity in your teaching. Um, it, it comes across, and mm-hmm. I think um, that's just a taste. So I would encourage everybody out there listening to um, find out more about Lynn. If you can get some place to go see her ride, it's so worth it. Um, check out her Come website. Ride with us. We yeah. have so many programs for everybody, and we just, we have, my husband and I both teach, and we, and we teach the classes. That's probably one of our most common questions is, and your clinics, who teaches your classes? I'm like, well, who are we do? <laughs> the help might be doing it. There's no way. Well, you have but, two, um, you have two uh, We have as much fun as the riders, so it's, it's really great. You are, you have two locations, right? Yes, we're in Ocala, Florida, and we're here 10 months of the year. 
and uh, we're in um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Actually, two and a half months. So it's nine and a half and two and a half months. And do you of course, still? Those months are um, part of July, August, and September. Okay. And do you also do you travel around the U.S. still? Doing clinics? Yes, we do. Yep. Okay. Uh, we'll be doing clinics. I have a ride well clinic, we call it. Um, I think we're, we have it in seven different states and locations, seven or eight. Okay. Um, that'll be starting in May, and they go through October. And, of course, we have clinics. Uh, actually, they start this week. We've got riders in. Uh, today was the first day, uh, but the main group clinic will start on Thursday. Um uh, we have, I don't know, seven or eight weeks here, right, okay. in Ocala, through, now through um, April, I think it is. And there's a, a whole schedule on your website. That, that yes, we've got a okay. schedule, dates. Uh, we always do, um, well, here at our place, we can do all-exclusive package, which I love. We have... Um, uh, along with the t- tuition of the instruction, everybody lodges right here on the farm. We do all the meals here. We do the entertainment here. Um, we got a pub in our house, by the way. <laughs> we have cocktails at. We have uh, games, and we got a bonfire. We got a pool, jacuzzi. Helena. Um, yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of neat stuff. So everybody, besides riding, we have a lot of fun, and that's what it's all about: learning and having fun. Another road trip in our future, Samantha. Come on. Yep, pretty soon. (laughs) Well, Lynn, thank you from from the bottom of our hearts for joining us today. uh, Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. We're going to post everything about Lynn Palm on uh, the Stable Scoop show notes. You'll be able to go to stablescoop.com and and click to your heart's content and find out as much about Lynn as you you wish. So thank you again, Lynn. uh, Oh, my, very welcome. And please ask me again. I'd love to come back. Oh, we would love to have you. That's a definite. All right, take care. Okay, thank you. Well, another great interview with another great horsewoman, yeah? You get the best guests on Stable Scoop, I have to say, Helena. You guys have a lot of fun. This is a great show. (laughs) Yeah, we do. But you guys on on 2010 Radio Show, you get the biggest event in the horse world ever. That's right. And we we can maybe steal Lynn maybe next time for the 2010, seeing as she will be at the Games. See, that's a beautiful segue. It's one big happy family. (laughs) We'll give you Lynn. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, she was great, actually. You know, the nice thing I think about having some legends in in the horse world is that you get to hear a little bit about them that you don't normally see or hear in in everyday life, you know, at clinics or at at the events. So, yes. uh, And it was interesting that she's getting so, um, she's returning to dressage so much that, um, because you could tell when you watched her at the event, you could tell that she did have some dressage training in her background. And, and then talking about, you know, she was talking about wanting to do perfect her one-time changes and doing some dressage competition in the dressage now in the AQHA. And I think the horse world is beginning. It's, you know, I think there's some unity there and, and everyone's beginning to realize that. And even our rainers talk about their dressage training helps them in their circles and their sliding stops. And, um, yeah. you know, of course yeah. the eventers do dressage and... It's, it's, we're all one big happy family. Happy family, see? Told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's, you know, pretty much it for uh, another episode of Stable Scoop. Hopefully, you all enjoyed it out there, and I definitely encourage you to learn more about Lynn Palm. She, she's actually a wonderful clinician, and as I said, um, it, Teaching doesn't always come easy. You could be a very talented rider and trainer, but um, to then make the jump into teaching as well is not so easy. But I think Lynn does that beautifully. So I encourage you to go to lynnpalm.com and find out more about her. 
And be sure to listen next week. I have absolutely no idea what next week's episode is going to bring, but I'm sure Glenn will whip up something. We don't know who your co-hosts will be or who's going to be on with you. Never a dull moment at Stable Scoop. But you know what? Can you tell me, Samantha, what's going on on 2010 next week? I can tell you who we have on this week. We have our wonderful spotlight rider from California, Cheryl Dell. She's going to bring us up to date on what she did over the holidays and how her lovely horse Reason to Believe is doing and what their plans are for the next few weeks. We also have an update from Down Under with Robin, who's going to tell us all the news from New Zealand and Australia and what's going on in that part of the world. So um, be sure to listen to that if you want to know what's going on for the World Equestrian Games. Yeah, and don't forget our other shows. We've got the Eventing Radio Show, the Dressage Radio Show, and Horse Tip Daily. I think that's all the shows we have for now, isn't it? Am I forgetting any? I know he keeps adding some shows. Uh, no, I think that's it for now. <laughs> Let me, yep, that'll cover it. All right, well, we will be back next week, and we hope that you will all join us with the scoop. <laughs>